Welcome to Solutions Cast, a CFC podcast that highlights cooperative network projects and leader stories, as well as economic and energy industry insights. I'm your host, Christine Pachenik. Joining me to discuss the challenges and opportunities today is Jason Lohr from Southside Electric Cooperative. Thanks for joining, Jason. Thanks a lot, Christine, for having me today. Now, you recently transitioned from CFO to CEO at Southside. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right. And you really have what I'd call a kind of a great co-op story, obviously, because you've been in the co-op world for how many years? 20. 20. And you've kind of taken over different roles within the co-op. Did you work at another co-op besides Southside? No, I started my career uh, in public accounting. And in public accounting, we we served about 20 plus electric cooperatives in the mid-Atlantic region in Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania. So that's where I, where I really grew an appreciation for the co-op business model. And from there, uh, I moved into a controller role at Southside Electric Cooperative back in 2014. Uh, in 2019, I transitioned into the CFO role. And last August, I transitioned into the CEO role. Really early on in my career, I knew I wanted to be a CFO at some organization. Um, As a finance major, I gravitated towards that corporate finance area. And it wasn't until uh, I started working with electric cooperatives uh, where I fell in love with the business model. And I knew eventually that I would uh, become a CFO somewhere. Uh, Just so happened to be at Southside Electric Cooperative. And and just as I evolved and, and grew a further appreciation of it, it uh, I really developed such an appreciation for it that I wanted to take it to that next level and, and lead uh, an organization. That was going to be my question was what, what was the driving factor for taking that step? And it sounds like it's that, that love of the co-op culture and uh, your experience there. Yeah, I think really it comes down to people at the end of the day and uh, and I've always wanted to work for really a, a purpose-minded industry and a purpose-minded organization, and the electric co-op business model does that. Then it comes down to, you know, your employees, and and really at the end of the day, uh, any organization is a group of people uh, that is coming together uh, for a, a shared purpose or a shared vision and uh, to serve a product or a service to another group of people. So... Ultimately, it comes down to people, and and that's really what attracts me to the the highest leadership role uh, in an organization. I think uh, when I look at the ultimate goal as a CEO, what you can accomplish is 100% of your employees wake up in the morning and are excited and are proud to come to work for Southside Electric Cooperative, and and then flipping it over to the member side, I think the ultimate uh, accomplishment is when a member you know, plugs in their EV or turns on their app to uh, pay their bill or check their energy usage, that they're doing so with a, a large element of pride being a member owner of an electric cooperative. And can you give me kind of a brief overview of Southside? Just what does your membership look like? Yeah, Southside Electric Cooperative. We're located in uh, South Central Virginia. Uh, we serve, our service territory is about 13,000 square miles. We serve uh, the the area in between uh, the city of Richmond and Lynchburg, uh, Roanoke area. We have about 60,000 accounts, 48,000 members, and 8,000 uh, miles of line. So we're, we're very rural, 
but it's it's a great community. We serve uh, 18 counties, uh, so it's very expansive. New into this role, as you are, what were your expectations kind of moving into it? Moving into the CEO role, I knew it was going to be um, the element of the buck stops there. You know, but I began the transition, you know, well before uh, I even interviewed for the job. Uh, I began the transition years back when, you know, I made the decision to myself that I wanted to lead an electric cooperative. And so fortunately, I worked with, you know, a great mentor and, and the former CEO who afforded me the the room and uh, the freedom to grow outside of just the finance area. So learning more about the you know, the engineering operation side of the business. And has that led into what you say is your philosophy of at Southside, which is really to invest heavily in people. So is that something that you're continuing on? Oh, absolutely. I think one of our uh, biggest risks uh, in the industry and really uh, globally right now is uh, is labor and, and the competitiveness for, for talent. COVID accelerated uh, a lot of retirements. You know, when you look at the birth rate trends and labor participation rate trends, uh, it's, it's not going to be improving anytime soon. So <clears throat> we got to be able to maintain that, that continuity in our business for our members. And I think one uh, way to do that is to make sure that you are investing in your people, investing in your talent, and creating pipelines, even from the smallest cooperative up to the biggest cooperative, and really just dumping everything that you have in, into the people. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to bring that exceptional service to our members. And what are some ways that you would recommend to other CEOs, CFOs to to do that? I mean, you have, I think, four districts, right, that you travel to? With anything, it starts with an empathetic approach. Uh, that's That's been my philosophy before making any decision, uh, really gaining an understanding, and, and even more so with people, because with people, we all come from different backgrounds even if we grow up in the same community and, and we all have different experiences that we, we carry with us. What I challenge myself is, is to really get to know every employee. And with 140 employees, I feel like, you know, that's a number that I can achieve that. Um, if we're talking, you know, 500 to 1,000 employees, that's a little bit more challenging. But uh, for Southside Electric Cooperative, I travel to the districts. I, I sit down. I, I talk with Every employee, I get to know them. I know their families. And I think when you start getting to know people at that level, um, then you begin building trust with them. They begin uh, sharing more information with you, and you can use that information to to make good decisions. Great. And I just grabbed you from a a room full of CFPC participants, and you're here at headquarters with me. Um, And I I listened into one of the the moderation uh, speeches that you were giving. And something else that stuck out to me was you mentioned you give your employees a lot of opportunities to present, that even whether it's the boardroom, uh, opportunities to present in front of their peers. Can you talk to that a little bit? Because I think that was an interesting uh, opportunity that not everybody gets within their, their job role. Yeah, I think if, if you're really staying true to a philosophy of, of building pipelines, as you develop and as you take on more responsibility in, in any organization, regardless of the industry, uh, presentation skills are, are pretty critical, and and they don't typically come natural to most people. So 
So giving folks the opportunity that want them to develop themselves uh, from a presentation giving standpoint is something that that we do at Southside. Uh, like if it's an all employee meeting or just a, a roundtable meeting, whatever it might be, um, all the way up to the board level, we try to stay true to that that developmental mindset. So that way, when they are or when the opportunity does present itself uh, for folks to advance, then they will be ready and they're not trying to learn things on the fly, you know, in addition to their new role. I'm going to go back to to something that you, you mentioned, the need for succession planning, and that that is a risk that you're seeing in your cooperative and that you're addressing. Can you give me some ideas on ways that you're addressing that? So one, just training and development and creating those, what I call those pipelines, advancement pipelines within the organization. And that comes with how you are hiring people, how you are building teams. Uh, You want to build teams that are able to uh, move up to that next level. Uh, So that way it keeps the culture consistent and it also maintains continuity uh, within the organization. And then in theory, what what happens is you're left with a void at an entry-level position and uh, that can either be covered through hiring somebody from within or uh, hiring from the outside. So that type of development and pipeline creation, I think, is critical. We're partnering and and talking with counties and and local community colleges. Uh, We're currently in the early talks of internship programs. Uh, Again, all these things, I think, are going to be critical because where we were 10 years ago with talent pipelines externally, you you could fill a job within a few months where now it's taken, you know, anywhere from 12 months to 18 months sometimes. And and when you work at an electric cooperative, as many uh, people out there probably realize, we, we try to do the best we can with the limited resources that we have. So it's we don't want to put ourselves at a huge, huge burden. So it's often getting creative. I imagine you do some type of job shadowing as well uh, within certain job roles. Yeah, we, we're in the process now of identifying all of our single points of failure from a functional uh, standpoint, job role standpoint, and, and those critical uh, functions and coming up with cross-training solutions for them and job shadowing. Uh, this gives people some insights into other areas that they might be interested in. Maybe they had a skill set that they didn't realize, and by job shadowing, they're now, they now realize, oh, hey, well, I, I, do, I do find that interesting, or I do like that, and maybe that's something I want to continue to do. Uh, so that's, uh, I think that's got to be a critical uh, piece to uh, the succession planning strategy, for, especially for electric co-ops. All right. Now, what do you see on the horizon for, for Southside? I think we've just went through a strategic planning process. There's a lot of things changing in the industry right now. You know, 20 years ago when I started, you know, we used to make light of electric co-ops as they were sleepy little electric co-ops, and and now you know they're they're waking up. They're not so sleepy anymore. So um, a lot of technology is really out there. I wouldn't say quite disrupting, but giving us a lot of stuff to think about. But all of it, I think we can leverage to better engage with our membership. And, and at the end of the day, most electric cooperatives are local engines for their communities that they serve. 
at the end of the day, power is foundational. It's foundational for prosperity in our rural communities. And, and I think with all everything going on around us, it's still important to understand that and still important that we know our roots and understand that, hey, we how do we carry our members along this ride with us and, and keep building trust with our membership because they're expecting it, we're expecting it as our, for ourselves. Now you kind of mentioned disruptive technology. I'm just curious, what are your feelings on AI and the acceleration of that type of technology? So I think one of the reasons it's accelerating as fast as it is now is due to the, you know, the talent shortage, the labor shortage. Uh, you've got bigger for-profit companies out there that are being impacted by it, and they're going to find ways to adapt. And part of adapting to not having talent is utilizing technology and artificial intelligence. I think artificial intelligence can really help folks do their jobs as a tool, but as many people probably, the listeners out here and and certainly folks that may not use it as much, you know, there's a lot of regulation that I think has to come with it in order for us to be able to successfully accomplish utilizing that as a tool. That's a broad question with a lot of different ways you could take it, but you're right. It definitely has ties in to the labor market. And I think that's a story that is yet to unfold as well. Jason, I have to say, I can tell the passion that you have for not only co-ops in general, but especially your co-op. I appreciate you being able to sit down and kind of share that with us today. Thanks a lot, Christine. I was going to say, any final thoughts? No, I just think it's it's a fun time to be a part of this industry. I think the people are great. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I've been working in it for so long. And you know, I just look forward to uh, w- one of the great things about co-ops in this industry is we're built on helping others be successful, including each other. And that power of the, the network of 900 electric cooperatives is, uh, is so strong. And, and I have no, no doubt whatsoever that we're going to uh, take all the challenges and opportunities and, and really uh, come out as one strong entity uh, at the end of the day. Thank you so much. Be sure to listen to more episodes of CFC Solutions Cast on your favorite podcast app and check out www.nrucfc.coop/solutions for more cooperative news.